podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome in this very early morning edition of a podcast. Uh, this is a pre-recorded one, by the way, everybody, just because life has kind of gotten in the way for both myself and Paddy. Paddy going to the game, obviously needing to get stuff started. So we are here. It's just before 8 a.m. on this wonderful Friday morning. It's, it's going to be a belter by the looks of things outside here. And uh, look, I'm going to be honest. Um, we're go- I wanted Paddy to do this about 4 a.m. this morning or quarter to four this morning when <laughs> I was up. But uh, Paddy, you know, Paddy inconvenienced me by having to wait until now. Um, <laughs> but as you can see, Paddy's already for his for the day the, that is yet to come. The bizarre uh, thing is, for... ordinarily I would have been awake at that hour of the morning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there was, there was no hope of me getting your message this morning. Yeah. For some reason, I'm, I'm sleeping very soundly, considering what's ahead of me this weekend. Exactly. So uh, I'm grateful that I will be totally rested going into it. That's fantastic, yeah, and I'm as jealous as anything that you're getting to go over to it. As I say, I did, uh, I had uh, tickets for this game, and for obvious reasons, I've had to relinquish those tickets. Um, you know, uh, I did it, I actually relinquished the tickets just before the, the Spurs game, and uh, little did I know, little did I know what was going to come. But uh, look, we're where we want to be, we've it in our own hands. Essentially, it's as simple as, as the title says here, win and we're in. It's as simple as that, win and we're in. No one else can take it away from us. Or against a Brighton team who can't get any higher in the league, can't get any lower in the league, but still need the, uh, the relevant amount of respect for obvious reasons. I don't see this as a team that um, I see this as a team of, of high integrity. I see it as a manager that has high integrity as well. And they're going they're going to take great joy in coming to ask, coming to Villa Park and beating us and finishing their season on a high as well. So we really need to be on guard. A lot of things been written recently about them getting four days off before the game. They're going to be without six players, before, uh, you know, from the squad for this game means nothing. They'll have to go out there today or, or have to go out there on Sunday, puff their chest out and they have to get the result. And I think they yeah. will, Eddie. And look, the, the pressure is all on us. They have nothing to play for. They're guaranteed sixth place. They can't go to fifth. There's nothing. There's nothing to motivate them. And that's when a team is feared the most because they're playing without fear. They're they're just they're they're just gonna stroke the ball around. They they'll be hoping their fans can do an ole every time they pass the ball and really enjoy the crack. Whereas we're arse to the wall, foot to the pump, trying to fucking get out of this. Uh, uh, this well, the, the, ironically, we we could still lose and still get, still end up in Europe, and that's mm. fine too. Uh, I would I would actually slap your hands off for that now if that's the way it's gonna pan out. But obviously, we don't know that, and I would much prefer to go and see. The Unai Emery show at the weekend, knowing that I'm going to see a guy go all out. And look, let let let's address this right today. Today's Rotterdam Day. It one is one Rotterdam one. Day. Yeah, Happy Rotterdam one Day, one. everyone. A happy happy day, Diego Carlos signed last season as well. <laughs> so look, it's an important day in in our club's history. It, it's also the anniversary of probably a more important day 
was the day we lost the, the playoff final to Fulham and Dr. Tony didn't take us into the Premier League because God knows where we'd be now if that's the case. So here we are five years later, five years on from that day. That day, I'll never forget sitting in a pub after that game watching, I think it was Liverpool and Real Madrid in the Champions League final mm. and being absolutely distraught and f just that feeling of total dejection and wondering where the hell do we go from here and the most uncertain summer was ahead. And yes, here we are five years on, worrying about getting into Europe. It's absolutely incredible. So I'm going to remind myself of that Sunday. If this doesn't come to fruition, touch wood, I won't be getting to this situation. But we just got to be, we've got to be grounded and be thankful for where we are instead of where we could have been if if things went differently on that day in Wembley in uh, in 2019, uh, 18, 18, yeah. So here we are. On the cusp of Europe, if we get there, we get there. If we don't, I will try my utmost not to be too down about it. But this this is just just an amazing thing to be happening to us. I agree, yeah. And and like a lot of those things are poignant. You know, it's very poignant when you talk about that. I remember, you know, lots and lots of clubs in the Premier League have had um have had ownership come in and say, In five years' time I want this in the Champions League, I want this in Europe or whatever the case is. Greg Evans wrote a, a pretty good article kind of encapsulating, I suppose, what the last five years have been for Aston Villa. It's been consolidation, quick consolidation. It's been like the amount of times this playing squad has... Uh, when I say the playing squad now, obviously, I know we're still using players from Dean Smith's era, but the amount of turnover and players that we've had, even from coming up from the championship, all those older players that were that their contracts weren't renewed and, you know, over time were let go from the t coming up to the Premier League, then signing... Uh, like Trezeguet, um Bjorn Engels, all those guys here coming in. So lots of those after being let go. Then uh, the likes of the Ross Barkley year uh, that we had when we brought in players like that, they've all departed. And what's really happened over those last five years, Paddy, is that a core group of grizzled, I'm going to call them grizzled um, performers, have come to the fray. And there's a lot of experience of... Uh, tough situations. There's an awful lot of experience of heartbreak. There's an awful lot of experience of, you know, being questioned and, and, and having to rise above questioning, specifically when you talk about the likes of Tyrone Mings, John McGinn, uh, Douglas Louise. And they're now our leadership team. And, you know, that forms teams, that forms players, it forms clubs. And uh, I'm hoping, and I, I, I'm, no, I'm going to say more so than hoping. I'm confident, is what I would say. I'm confident. That all those experiences, the experiences of, you know, having to fight back uh, when your first season back up in the Premier League, the Trezeguet back post stuff, um, the 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 VAR or the the Hawkeye malfunction, you know, still getting that thrown at uh, at yeah. us fans and stuff. All this kind of stuff is character building, and it culminates this Sunday. And I, I I'm 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 expectant and, and I'm confident that this team is going to have the backbone needed to be able to dig in when they need to and then to be able to drive forward but it all starts with that core leadership group as i mentioned the um the tyrone mings is of this world the ezra cons is of this world the two lads in midfield as i mentioned douglas louise and john mcginn and then obviously the new blood that's coming the jacob ramsey's um the ollie watkins who's come in and, and, and gotten double figures in these last three seasons you know they're the they're the support cast for me 
uh, we're going to need to have everybody firing on, on, on all cylinders and having that that steel in the in, in in the belly, I suppose, really from from those tough times. Hopefully, that will stand to us now at the weekend against the team, as you said, that don't really have anything to play for and are on cloud nine themselves. I'm hoping when they went away that they went to Ibiza and a couple of them went down the shisha pipes for four days straight and. Uh, uh, they come back. And we can, uh, well, I hope they went on something harder than a shisha pipe. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about lungs. Like I'm just thinking about about their lungs. So they come back to be blowing black smoke uh, for a while. You know, um, that's all I'm thinking about. But Paddy, um, oh jeez, I said something to you just before the podcast. This will tell you now how early it is and how how long it's taken my brain to engage. I said something to you before the podcast, and I said I want to say that on the podcast, and I can't remember what it is now. Um. Anyway, it'll come to me at some stage. If it does come to me. If it doesn't, forget I ever said that. But Paddy, um, I suppose, look, we've kind of learned from an Unai Emery side of things that there's no real point in talking about what the lineup is going to be. You know, predicted lineups and stuff like that probably doesn't really make much of a difference. We're going to play the way we're going to play. And uh, it's really going to come down to the core group that I mentioned in the middle mm-hmm. with a support cast of potentially a Bailey, Bundia, um, maybe, uh, well, Luca Dean will be in there. It won't be on to Alex Moreno. And then it'll be a choice of cash and and, uh, and, and Young at right back. Um, do you think that that puts us in a good stead for this game, Paddy, once again? You know, that the, the, the familiarity of this team with Brighton, not having their arguably their best player this season, not having a Sally Marsh uh, March uh, there this season, and uh, you know some players that will have been been rested over the course of this week. Do you think it makes any difference? I, I, do you know what? I, I think it, it makes absolutely no difference. Um, they are just they, they've been a machine all season. When when you think about it, they were, they went to Man City and got a result the other night with leaving out Ferguson, leaving out Dunk. You just don't know what they're going to throw at you this weekend. That's the thing. I'd like to think they can come and give a few young lads a run. And, uh, you know, the, the likes of Enciso and Matoma, McAllister, Ferguson, Welbeck, all of these guys could take a bloody break. So, um, look, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. They've got a brilliant, brilliant manager. Um it's it's just like there's going to be a queue of huge clubs looking for this manager. I hope to God they hold on to him because the likes of us, the likes of them breaking into this top six, seven is only good for the English game. The people who support the greedy six will not believe this, but like Leicester winning the Premier League and Newcastle getting into the top four, despite we know what, what Newcastle's money is coming from and all that. I'm absolutely fine with it. Every league needs to change up. If it doesn't change up, it becomes stale. The reason people stopped watching football over the years is that they're looking at Man United winning the league year in, year out. Uh, German football, you, you look at uh, Bayern Munich winning it year in, year out with, with the, odd, the odd one thrown in there. Same mm. as Spanish football. It needs to be shaken up. It needs a club like a Brighton, like an Aston Villa, like a Newcastle coming in and upsetting the apple, apple cart. And... You know, here we are, ready, ready to do it. But they, they, this is a really talented bunch of players. Um, as I said, if you if you can leave out the players that I named um, previously, and you know, still still have a problem, um, albeit I think a personal issue between the manager and and their first choice goalkeeper. Spanish Bob, yeah. You know, it and, and still still be performing and still pulling the results out of the hat. They, they've obviously got something really really special going on, and it's not going to be easy at the weekend. It really isn't. So 
Brighton's last uh, 10 games, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 10 away games have been draw, draw, win, draw, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And mm. I suppose really if you look at that last win, last win, last uh, over the last four games, they've lost the Spurs away. They've uh, they won away to Chelsea. They won, uh, lost away to Nottingham Forest. They won three 0 uh, away to to Arsenal. They lost four one to Newcastle. The away form has been a bit patchy in the last in the last ten games. Um, mm. uh, you know, so it's it counts for nothing, I suppose, in the last day of the season. Villa have only won one of their last eight games uh, in the la- on the last day of the season. Uh, so you know, it kind of counts yeah. for nothing. Um, it's it's a cup game, and this is what I'm trying to get at here. Well, that's the thing. Form, form is out the window this weekend, yeah. and w- when you say it's a cup game, it's only a cup final on one side, which is probably how we need yeah, it to be. Correct. Yeah. Um, so so they they they're for them. This is a procession, a celebration. Obviously, they'd like to win the game. If they don't win it, it doesn't really mean a whole pile. Otherwise, their fans are going to come and have an epic day out. They're going to get drunk. They're going to go back down to Brighton. I think it's a bank holiday weekend in the UK. They're going to have a great night. They're going to celebrate mm. the European football. And hopefully we'll be doing the same. Not too much because I'm back at seven o'clock in the morning for work on Monday. So <laughs> what are we doing too much celebrating? But Mr. As I said to you before the podcast, I, I, might be, uh, I might be on the piss for a week after that once I get yeah. Monday done. <laughs> Mr. To, to Paddy's boss. I will tell you straight out. Paddy will be employed on Monday if Villa win. He certainly will not be working. That's there's, there's a distinction without a difference in the two of those there for sure. Um, he, he'll, he'll know that more than most because he'll be with me on Monday. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Plenty of uh, you might get that CB12. Plenty of musk. Plenty of brute to to, um, to mask the uh, the the smell of alcohol. Yeah, whatever else. But um, Villa's home form as well. Actually, I forgot to mention it there when I was talking about Brighton's away form. Now we've won our last six at home. Uh, we've only conceded one goal at home. We've scored four, nine, ten, eleven. 12 we've scored 12 goals to, con- to only conceding one at home in the last six games yeah. you know so i suppose really what i was kind of getting at here is that we should be like the players should be super confident you know we've wanted villa park to be a fortress we wanted it to be a place that people came to fear um it didn't look like that when we lost to uh liverpool when we lost when we drew it home to wolverhampton uh we lost to stevenage in the cup we lost to leicester we lost to arsenal that was a that was a six game stretch since that arsenal game obviously on the 18th of february we've completely changed it turned it around six wins on the bounce let's make it seven and seven seven Seventh heaven. I was gonna, I was gonna go with there, but that's very partridgey. So I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna reverse out of that, uh, out of that one there. I think because it is very partridgey. Um, Paddy, like, it's a funny one. Brighton, Brighton is a funny one, and I, and I tell you why I think it's a funny one because, like, their recruitment is so good. Their recruitment is so focused. Their recruitment is so, it's it's so analysed and detailed, and it's fant- it's 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 great. Like even the likes of taking Billy Gilmore, um, not yeah. things not going his way. Started quite a lot of games this season. Yeah, he's not been brilliant, but he's fit into that system and he's not let them down at any given time. Uh, also the likes of getting the likes of um Purvis Estupian as well. Una Emery's going to know him inside out from his time at Villarreal. And then you know you talk about the NC so Mitoma, well specifically NC so Casero and uh and the two of those gross. specifically. They they were well known as being superstars uh, in the making in 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 South America, 
but European teams weren't taking the chance in them. Brighton took the chance in them. Neither of these two guys started straight out of the blocks. Casado was was given time to grow. He's grown into that fantastic player that he uh, that, that he he is now. Obviously, come in improved on the likes of Basuma that moved on from Brighton as well. What I'm getting at here, Paddy, is you know you'd be half hoping that Brighton start to give maybe the kids a go uh, at the weekend. I think that's the worst thing they could do for Aston Villa because if you're going bringing in like two or three kids into the team or two or three people that you you think might be ready to step up, maybe you bring in a Dennis Undav in instead of Ferguson up front, which is quite quite possible that that happens. Maybe you bring mm. in um you 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 bring in maybe the the heir apparent to Alexis McAllister that's going to come in there from. I don't want to see that because that gives them the hunger to impress in the last game of the season and leave the Zerbi with um with thoughts uh, in his mind going into the season where there's an opportunity for them to get more games considering they're going to have more games in Europe as well. Look, I, I, it, it's all if if sports and maybes. Um, the most important thing we need to focus on is doing our own job. I, I feel that with everybody firing on all cylinders, and I mean everybody, I mean the Leon Bailey needs to be firing on all cylinders. I mean Ollie Watkins needs to be firing on all cylinders. Where this game is going to be won and lost is between our ears. We need to be in their faces. We need to be on the front foot from the start. And where they're vulnerable is on the counter-attack. We need to be totally switched on from the start to hit them on the break. Every time they come at us, bang on the break, bang on the break. For that reason, I'd probably rather not see Bailey because he just he just yeah. hasn't he hasn't done it for me. I'd rather see Ollie Watkins on his own with with Buendia off him as such, dropping that bit deeper and playing him playing him through. And you know whatever, getting corners out of it, getting free kicks out of it, whatever it is, I think that's where we hurt them. Or or you know it hasn't happened in the last few games. Um, maybe he's as tired as you since his new arrival. But uh, you know he he hasn't scored a goal since since his new arrival. And do you know what? As much as I've said about him, I think this is the day for him to step up and become a hero. I think, I think if he does it this weekend, I think if he's our hero this weekend, it, the team will be built around him and there'll be a striker brought in alongside of him st- instead of in his place. So I, I, I'm praying for him because I think he deserves it after the second half of the season he has, the amount of goals that he scored, the potential is there. We know the potential is there. It took a good manager to bring that potential out. But this is a huge game for Ali Watkins. It's a huge game for everybody, but I would just love to see him score this weekend. Not a penalty. Please don't let him take a penalty. I know how much penalties can get in your head. So uh, maybe Luca Dean or John McGinn or somebody else will take the penalty. But uh, whatever whatever way it comes, I really want Ali Watkins to succeed this weekend and just to finish the week, to finish this season how people will remember it rather than mm. the last few games. If, if, if he misses a couple of sitters this weekend, I think it will be a disaster for his confidence. So I'd love to see him just do it for, for himself, for his future and, and for us. Yeah. We, stood, we, stood by him. we stood by him when he wasn't firing over the last few years. Now that we're behind him, we just need one more big performance from everybody. Yeah, I, I, and I think, look, I think that that's... An early goal. I think we're, we're going to come right out of the traps, uh, look for an early goal. It's been a staple of Unai Emery's uh, tenure here. Um, uh, I'm confident that this team can hold any team in the Premier League to to, to not. Um, I know I said last week when we were away at Anfield that I thought two goals would be needed. That's an away game. I think at Villa Park, I think we've shown only conceding one in the last six games. We can hold teams to, to a duck egg in, in Villa Park. Um I just really hope, you know, there's a lot of bittersweet stuff with, with Brighton. Look, I think it's fair to say 
over the course of this season, you're going to have to walk a long road. Maybe maybe not in the Crystal Palace fan uh, supporters club or whatever, but in most other supporters clubs, I think everybody is taking their hat off to Brighton and said, what a fantastic team. And they've slowly kind of ground out and become everybody's kind of second favourite team because of the mix of youth that they have in there. For me personally, obviously, look, I think for the two of us, Paddy, Evan Ferguson is super exciting. They've got Andy Moore and Andrew Moore, and I know you called him Andy Moore, and I don't want to put that, don't want to put that on him at all. Because <laughs> uh, uh, although if he does play, if he does start at the weekend, I hope he does have an Andy Andy Moore performance on the big day because uh, I certainly the don't want to have an Andrew, and that's a very niche joke here in Ireland. Um, and I won't even go into explaining it because we we'll mm. lose we we'll lose listeners at the rate of knots. Uh, we probably will lose. There won't be anyone in Mayo listening to us after that anyway. I'd say. Yeah. But uh, Andrew Moore, another person, another Irish player that's super high thought of. Roberto De Zerbi thinks he could be the next big thing um, as well. So I don't want him to start uh, because uh, if I, don't, does, I don't want either. I don't want either of them to start. Either of the start. Yeah, I don't want either of the start. As you're well aware, um, Evan Ferguson is a fa- well. A family friend growing up, his his yeah. family were with his 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 father, his uncle would have played with me, his granddad would have played with my father, and going what kills me is going back four years ago when Evan Ferguson played for Bowes for the first time under fifteen, mm. and I got word to Aston Villa about this young fella that was coming through, and nothing was acting on, and here they are now with just this superstar in their hand, so. I only I could only do what I could do, so I got the word over, but it never it never came true. Well, I don't think it ever uh, it ever came to fruition or getting him over on trial or anything like that. But you had this big six foot plus centre forward of fifteen years of age who had incredible skill even at that stage. So remember we know his, what he's capable. His his cameo against Chelsea uh, when he played for Bowes in, in preseason. Yeah, preseason, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. like literally just carved through him like butter, and he was only just yeah. gone fifteen, I think, at that stage. Yeah, ridiculous. But um, look, we're not we're not fawning over him. We do. It is an Aston Villa podcast, and that, we hope we that's hope for the week should... after next when we've got international football. But it, it's not it's not fawning at all. It's it's worry. It's worry yeah. that you know that has us in this conversation, I and so. uh, I, I I and he's not the only one I'm worried about. The, that tree behind behind the the, the you know the the tree. Four two three one, mm. you know. I think that's that's where they're going to hurt us. You know, Matoma has been brilliant, and um, they another fellow Benanote. Is that was that was name? Benanote, yeah, yeah. Benanote. Um, I like the two the two games that worry me are uh, are the two games that give me hope are the the four one loss to Newcastle and the five one loss to Everton and the three one so, against uh, against Forest. 3-1 against Forrest. I forgot about that one. But I, I actually watched the other two. That's why I have a little bit of hope about it. I watched and two of those of were away from home. The, the yeah. Newcastle and the Forest one were away from home. That's that's where I was getting with the, you know, the, the away the last form. recently. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a bit patchy. Yeah. yeah. And and as we all know, if if if, if one, if, if, if you can win all your home matches, your, your chances are you're heading for Europe. If you win all your away matches, chances are you're heading for Europe. Yeah. So it, it's just one of those things. If if you know if if you can balance both, you're heading for Champions League football. So it's uh that's 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 for next year's conversation. But mm. it's it 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 it's it's a bit of the unknown because you don't know what team he's going to put out there. Is, is he going to is he going to put out someone who deserves a run? Is is he going to is he going to rest Evan Ferguson? Is he going to rest? Uh, in season, I think he he is. I think, so, I think Ferguson yeah. doesn't start. I think Dennis Undev starts. I, I don't think he's firing on all cylinders either. Which, which, which I, for that reason alone, I hope he's not playing. 
you know, he, he got two he, goals last week, just two snaps. But he's coming back from an injury. He, he just true. doesn't look like he's uh, uh, he's he's totally mobile. But obviously, that doesn't stop you scoring goals if you're a striker. If you're good, it doesn't stop you scoring goals mm. either. There's one player I want to give a small bit of time to because we we're speaking, obviously, about the glamour names. I think arguably, pound for pound, one of the best signings of the season has been Levi Cobell um, at them at centre half for Brighton. Um, obviously, he's only on loan from Chelsea. But my God, he looks really impressive. Like ball player, mm. look, put it this way: it, he, he, he's he's almost afraid to tackle. He they don't they keep him as far away from tackling. Not that he can't, but because he's so good with his feet, he's so mm. good with his feet. Um, you know, you look at it; he's there to win the ball in the air. He's there to to pass the ball out from the back. He's a he's a eighty nine percent, I think, pass completion rate. He attempts about ninety passes a game give or take, uh, from, from memory. He's able to carry the ball forward as well, carry it out of midfield or out of defence. Real, real, proper, um, new age uh, centre half. And he's able to play that way because he's got the war horse of Lewis Dunk be- beside him. But I think Levi Cobalt, someone who goes, he, he doesn't go under the radar. He's obviously been spoken about quite a lot, but, uh, um, you know, it just uh, he's going to go back to Chelsea at the end of this season, and you're going to wonder where the hell he's going to fit in, considering they're probably going to spend another half a billion pounds again this uh, this summer. But I just wanted to give him a mention, yeah. and the reason I wanted to give him a mention as well is that depending on who we play, like if we have a Buendia, if Buendia does start up top, or which I actually more am kind of siding with at the moment is that we're going to go with Bailey out wide and we're going to go with uh, John McGinn up top and John McGinn is going to stand down on top of uh, and Levi Cowell and not let him get those, those passes out. The <laughs> press is going to be ferocious up there. Um, if that was to happen, I think this is somebody we need to target. He's their outlet ball. A lot of things, a lot, a lot of pieces have been talked about how Brighton, you know, put their foot in the ball. They draw teams in. Let's, Let's be cute about what we do there, and that's why I think maybe a John McGinn starts starts further close, uh, mm. up, up closer to to an Ali Watkins up there, so that he can be like the blue arse flying, run around the place, and get in get inside these guys. Maybe make him pass it sideways to Lewis Dunk, and then get onto Dunk as as quick as quick as possible. Not that Dunk is bad mm. with the ball of his feet. If, if just, it I, is Dunk, he didn't he didn't play Dunk against Man City. He played that's true. Van Heckel, yeah. and. Just, just, just another side note. Those two games that I mentioned, where they shipped five against Everton and they shipped four against Newcastle, Colwell didn't play. Yep, yep. You know, so they, he, he, he is obviously a very, very decent centre half. Um, whether Chelsea choose to do the typical Chelsea thing, keep him there till twenty three or twenty four, and then ship him on and ruin his career, they may very well do. But I hope he gets, a, I hope he gets a decent move out of there because it's an absolute. Shit I, show I, I'd moment. imagine Brighton are going to break the bank to try and sign him. You would think so. You would think so. The way he's been spoken about, you would absolutely think so. Specifically as well, you know, he's been so pivotal to having those two ball playing centre halves. Dunk, Dunk is like a ninety percent pass pass completion rate as well. You know, so mm-hmm. it wasn't denigrating Lewis Dunk. Congratulations to him getting into the England panel. I'd love to see a Dunk and Ming's partnership. I think it would be a fine <laughs> partnership for, for England. Yeah. Albeit that uh, some of the some of the tabloids might actually lose their mind uh, if there was <laughs> uh, if the two of them started in in uh, in, in the centre of defence. Um, yeah, I look to be honest with you. I I suppose we've been kind of tempering this one. I'm I'm so 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 looking forward to the team sheet tantrum. Paddy is going to be over at the game, so I'm going to try and get you on, Paddy. Uh, well, I'm not going to try. We will do everything we possibly can if we've to if we've to get an outside broadcast truck over to you or somehow or whatever. Mm. We'll get you on for a team sheet tantrum because I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, 
and you know trying to temper things a small bit i see a lot of things online about people talking about oh what could the draw be for europe superstitious people are saying let's not be thinking that way and i think i sometimes might come down on that side of the fence as well but uh, i'm going to enjoy the build-up to this game i'm going to enjoy the confidence that this team has given us i'm going to enjoy the season this team has given us and this manager has given us and uh i will tell you one thing if we are um to be successful at the weekend and get into europe um I think the the post-match podcast mightn't make much sense at all. It might just be a a series of guttural cries and roars, uh, but I would love to see you all there so we can all celebrate it together. Um, i put it to you this way. If if, if we win on Sunday, the chances of me getting on directly after the match are slim to zero. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be definitely flying solo on that one. I can guarantee it. Um, You'll try anyway, Paddy, because, you know, you'll try, but uh, I'd say it would be slim to zero. Um, uh, One other little thing I just wanted to say before we, before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to say once again, um, a massive, massive thank you to everybody who's, uh, who's reached out to us with regards to our live podcast in September. It's like, it's what? It's three months away and the amount of outpouring of um, excitement um, and just nice things, nice words has, has been fantastic. And uh, it's genuinely touching. And um, I want to say thank you so much. There's still about maybe 30, 35 tickets left. Um, it's It's been incredible the amount of, the amount of tickets that, uh, that have gone so far, considering it's only live for the last week or so. Um, it's incredible. So there's about 35 tickets left. Uh, if anybody is interested, you'll be able to find the link. You'll be able to find us on Eventbrite. Hey, guess what? The beauty about having a podcast with the name that we have is once you search it, you'll only be able to find us. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's absolutely fantastic that way. And if anybody is looking for the link, you can just reach out to us as well. Um, but I just want to say thank you to everybody who's reached out with kind words. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. be honest with you. It's exciting and it's terrifying all in the one go because uh, you know while we do this live and I'm not I'm I'm always passionate having a microphone thrown in front of my face and talking I've no problem we want to put on the best night we possibly can so um, preparations are in are in full swing and we're really looking forward to it so uh, thank you to everybody as I said tickets yeah. are still available as well it's, it's actually bizarre to be thinking yeah. about it because I, I think it's it's just over three years since I've been doing this with you and. I actually had the thought this morning that you know you only get to the like podcasting is is not it's not it's not easy. We don't just rock up and, and talk shit. We have we have to plan a day around each other to to actually yeah. get in front of a screen and do whatever. Yeah, and all go. But this we do morning, talk shit. Oh, we do talk shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> we we do have a little bit of a WhatsApp going on. What are we going to talk about? What do we need to do? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But like for we for 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 this scenario, we we've got to, uh, you know, it, at this time of year, we're kind of go. I'm I'm kind of going. Do you know what? It's great now. I'm looking forward to the rest and a few weeks off and holidays and and it just came over me. Hang on a minute. All these people have bought tickets to come and see us. We haven't even announced two of the guests. Yeah, and the tickets are nearly sold out. And I'm just like, wow, this is yeah, incredible. Yeah. So thank you so much to everybody who's bought a 100%. ticket. I hope I hope you come along and have a ball of a night. Mm. We've we've a couple of uh, guests to announce over the next few days, but yeah. who who knows? We might even need to announce them to sell the last of the tickets. They could be gone being today is yeah. payday. That's the thing. We've sold most of the tickets, not even payday not yet. Even payday so yet. um yeah, yeah. yeah, it is incredible. And and the, the people that have reached out, the people traveling from Birmingham, people coming down from Donegal, up from Kerry. 
Cork, everywhere. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. I'm delighted. Delighted Someone to be able to. to me, I think they're coming from Spain for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. The weather in Spain in September is going to be a hell of a lot better than it's going to be in, in Dublin. I can tell you that much. Um, well, I hope it's not as nice. I can pretty much guarantee there won't be raining inside the venue. Outside, no. we can do nothing about that. Exactly. And, uh, we'll, we'll all be on the high stool afterwards and we couldn't care what the weather is like outside. Absolutely. 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 Uh, yeah. So thank you so much to everybody uh, for that. Uh, really, 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 really appreciate it. Um, and that's really going to do it for us. As I say, it's been a bit of a mooted one. Reason being is because uh, it's very early in the morning here. And uh, this is going to be going out live, uh, out later, should I say, about half past ten. Um, thank you so much as well. This, with this being the last match preview for a while, thank you so much to everybody for everything over the course of the year. We're not going anywhere. You know me, you're going to be sick of seeing my face talking about um, Joe Bloggs from um, Sampdoria's under-8 under, under team that's linked, been linked with Villa. So I'm uh, going to ramp all those up again. And I know a couple of people have reached out to me. I did have so many things done and like five centre-halves, I think Villa should look at five left-backs, all that kind of stuff. Fortunately, life has just gotten in the way recently, as you as you well know. But um, might try and rock those together now over the next few days and just release them all um, in, in a drip-feed manner. Maybe just consolidate them all together and do one show on centre-halves, one on left-backs. We'll see what the story is but it just takes time to kind of record all those but we'll get them done and uh, hopefully none of them will be out of date by the time they get released but um, <laughs> less of all that and less of our production meeting here that we're doing at the end of this podcast it's all about Aston Villa Paddy I wish you a massive uh, I hope you have a massive day I hope that you, you have a safe travels and I hope that everybody who's going to Villa Park at the weekend has safe travels and I hope at the end of it that we all have that little that little um tear of happiness in our eyes and uh, and and Villa are going to be going to Europe because um I think this fan base needs it. I think it would mean so much to this fan base. And oh Paddy, I remember that's what I said. That's what I was saying to you before the podcast. I said that if we were to get into Europe, it would be uh that the atmosphere in the atmosphere after the game would be much better than it was after the playoff win. And the reason being is because it'll be in Villa Park. It'll be in Villa Park and it will be something special. So I hope that rings true. I hope yeah. that rings true afterwards. And, and my hope is, regardless of what happens, that we get fully behind the team. Yes. Even, even if even if it's in defeat, just remember the incredible season, our second half of the season we're after having. It's hard to think of what might have been if we'd have just won a few more before, before Unai came in. And uh, look, what will be will be, but be thankful for where we are and not where we were five years ago. And... You know, it's been an amazing journey. It's absolutely unbelievable to be where we are. So yeah. don't get too down. If it doesn't go our way, regardless of what happens, just go celebrate it and be thankful that we have an, an unbelievable manager and a bright future ahead. Absolutely. And that's a fantastic way to end the podcast. So thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Uh, here we are hoping, praying, uh, whatever you've got, whatever routine you have, and whatever superstition you have, stick to it over the next few days. We're going to need everybody's positivity and everybody's help over the next few days. And hopefully we're celebrating at the final whistle. So we will be back again with a team sheet tantrum, as I mentioned. Um, and we'll be back with a post-match directly afterwards. But until then, everybody, stay safe. Stay healthy, stay positive, and all that's left to say for one last time before the end of the season is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.